Detroit Tiger fans, are you ready for the most exhilarating event of the summer? Get ready for the 6th Annual Motor City Metrics MLB Draft Show. Hosted by your very own Chris Brown and Rogelio Castillo, we're exploring one of the deepest MLB drafts in recent memory. Who will rise for the pack? Will the Detroit Tigers secure an impact bat with their pick? This is the first draft in the Scott Harris era, and you don't want to miss it. Be part of the excitement witness the future of baseball unfold on the Motor City Metrics MLB Draft Show. Join us Sunday, July 9th on the Motor City Metrics YouTube channel and the Tiger Miley Report YouTube channel for the first round of coverage. Hey everybody, welcome into another episode of Tiger Miley Report here. Week 13 recap at TigersMLReport.com. I'm Miley Castillo, beside me is Chris Brown, he'll be on momentarily. And you can find all our content over at TigersMLReport.com. Please subscribe to our channel if you have not so already on YouTube at Tigers Minor League Report. And please subscribe to us on our iTunes feed if you have not already or Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. We appreciate that. And of course, if you want to leave us a five-star review with some feedback, that's great. I Lately, a couple of the last couple of reviews have been actually pretty constructive with the exception of the one that says that, quote, Chris says that Torque sucks or dumps on Torque all the time, but uh, we'll forgive him for that. Plenty to get to. Uh, we're going to actually start with the big club a little bit. Just a few things today as the Tigers hit two grand slams. Uh, just a, it, the thin air served uh, served the Tigers well against Colorado. Hey, Chris, say hey Stan. Good to see you guys here on the YouTube chat. And a couple of uh, show notes, too, by the way. Um, yeah, we'll definitely gonna talk about the Tigers uh, team win here in a second. But uh, a couple of show notes. So first, next week, 630, we're going to have the pre-draft show we're going to be reviewing the first half of the season the tigers come it's already the all-star break coming up it's really time has flown by so fast and uh so we're gonna have john and youper do a kind of a pre-game show talking about the first half of the season and just kind of going over the numbers and uh yeah it's it's gonna be fun and then at seven o'clock the mlb draft show myself chris brown trevor hooth Ray's white and I feel like I'm missing somebody. I know I'm missing somebody. I said Chris, myself. Oh, and Scott Bentley of Locked on Tigers will be joining us as well. So it should be a fun pack show. It's going to be as now it's been rumored that apparently the well, Langford is going to go number one of the Pirates. So per Harris Fulmer next Sunday, July 9th. So next Sunday, big show, seven o'clock. Probably be a two hour show. I'm dead, dead serious. And also, a minor thing as well. So, Motor City Metrics is kind of expanding themselves a little bit. We are expanding ourselves. And uh, we are going to be adding an element of different sports. So, the Motor City Metrics podcast, of course, is going to be still the baseball. But we're going to add a couple other things that are going to be. So, Motor City Metrics sports is going to be Pistons. It's going to be Red Wings, Lions, and Pistons. But more on that probably on Thursday and of more of a formal announcement. But, uh Joining Sammy right now is Chris Brown. Chris Brown, welcome. Sorry. Uh, yeah, I yeah I knew John was doing the basketball thing. I didn't know we were getting red things and lions and stuff. That's, I mean, that's more like if we get the opportunity to. So yeah, um, that, yeah. Hopefully that works out. But uh, no, I just want to talk about the the Tigers win today. A big win for the Tigers, winning fourteen to nine. And uh, yeah, we'll get to the All Star selection too. And first and foremost. Well, thank you, JP. We really appreciate that. Exquisite, very exquisite by you. Thank you. Thank you very much. That was a that was a game. That was one of those fun games because the Tigers had a homer onslaught, but I felt like every single ball hit the left. There was a good chance it was going out. <laughs> yeah, you know, man. I, I sometimes 
Force Field is the cure for what ails you as an offense. It didn't seem like it was going to be that way the first couple games. And it's like uh, like McKinstry broke the seal last night with his three-run homer, and suddenly it was just on. And, uh, yeah, you know, obviously they hit, they hit two grand slams for the home run cycle, first time 10 runs this year. Just uh, nice to get that out of the system. Uh, of course, you know, you have to give up a ton of runs at Force Field too. But, uh, you know, we, we hoped that they would win two out of three, I think. You pull for three, but accept a series win, and they're in good shape here to head home for three against the A's, and then try to get two or three of those, and then you know roll the dice against the Blue Jays, and that's a nice end of the first half. So good start to it. Definitely, I think the first half is ending a little better than we anticipated. The Tigers are getting healthy, and we'll get to that because there's a lot of things going on in Toledo. But the I think. But we'll get to Michael Lorenz in a second. But the, one of the things I wanted to take away from this win was the play of Jay uh, Marzak with the home run. With the you know he had the grand slam, but I thought he did a really good job holding his own center field. Yeah, well, so the, I mean that's the thing. Like Jay, it's not ideal to have Jake Marisnik playing every day in center field at this point. Obviously, he's not an everyday player, but he's like a eight year, ten year veteran. He's like a ten more career player because he's a plus defender in center field. And he can do some other things. He's got some speed. He's got a little pop. Um, so I thought that that you know getting him as a stopgap was a pretty good move. It's he's literally a re- replacement player, right? Like they they found him. They got cash considerations from the White Sox. So you're not expecting a ton for him. But uh, yeah, it was nice to see him finally get on the board with a home run. That's uh, I think that Scope remains the last one to not hit a home run on the team. Am I? Uh, I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. But. Uh, yeah, everybody was contributing today. You know, you, you, you Baez, you, you kind of complain about him, but he goes out there and hits a grand slam, and you got three-run homer from Carpenter and a two-run bomb from Torque and a solo shot from Jake Rogers. It's just a lot of fun. Yeah, and it was good to see Harold Castro hitting Harold for the Rockies, however you feel about him. But uh, it was that was another thing, too. And there was an interesting stat over the weekend. I believe it, the Tigers are 6-1 and one when they have bullpen starts. So Brendan White got the start on Saturday. I yeah I thought that Shep mentioned that they were undefeated, but he may have been still mistaken. I, I until until, no, until, until until yesterday until, until okay. yeah, but uh, yeah I mean that that's kind of it's kind of funny to think about that, but I mean we, the Tampa proved in a couple of years that 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 sort of thing can work. It's just unsustainable, right? Unless unless you build a roster that's like you know thirteen actual pitchers and then thirteen two A players, so your fielders could go in and, and pitch an inning of relief. Which might be fun, but I don't think that many good two-way players exist at this point. But yeah, yeah, just kind of one of those quirks of baseball, right? Yeah, and one of those things too that I I find interesting that we 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 think about the bullpen with all the Tigers, all the the injuries they've had, and Shawn Michael has said it, said it perfectly. They have vastly overachieved considering the injuries, and the bullpen has done the same thing. I thought the bullpen even have gotten some untung heroes. I mean, again. Chase Revan, his numbers have been inconsistent, but Tyler Alexander, who I talked about on Thursday, and he, I mean, Tyler Alexander had a really good month. Again, people kind of write him off when he has these, he'll have these stretches where he's not effective at all, but then he comes back and his, I think he had a FIP of like 3.61, but his ERA was pretty good. His strikeouts are back there, up there. Case per nine was like just over nine. And that's the kind of thing that the, never mind today, because it's, Colorado, it's Denver, it's going to happen. And until you know what's f- funny is I forgot that the, the Rockies played at mile high 
for two seasons before they moved the new the course field because mentioned they're in the broadcast and I'm like, oh yeah, I forgot about that. And well, uh, I yeah, Shep mentioned something that I didn't realize it's the oldest, a third oldest stadium in the National League. It's like no way, but well, hold on, wait, 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 is it? So the Dodgers have the oldest. I'm assuming Not second oldest. Second oldest, really? Who? Wait, hold on, hold on, don't, don't, don't tell me. So the Dodgers have the second oldest. That's right. You said. Right. Oh, oh, duh. Cubs, Cubs, Dodgers, yeah. Rockies. Okay. Duh, duh, yeah, but still, I mean, I would not, I would not have guessed that. But like, yeah, you go around, you go, okay, they built a new stadium. Yeah, they built a new stadium. Like, all right, okay, Atlanta moved for some reason. So yeah. So oh, we're gonna do power rank. Is it the so Stan was asking who's gonna go, who's going when Erod, Scooble, Green, and Madu return? We got a, we got an idea from Discord. Yeah. And uh, what was the pull up that idea, Chris? Was it the power right, rankings? Yeah, it was. Yeah. It was kind of. Uh, it was basically an idea of, of, yeah, figuring out who's most likely to go. Yeah, I guess you call it power rankings. I mean, have to take <laughs> some sort of the way he phrased it. I forgot how he phrased it, but it was pretty funny. Um, but uh, yeah, well, from Sean. Was... All right, I found it. Sean, the oh. Southern gentleman, said we need a power ranking on the next YouTube live for guys to get option slash DFA with Scooble, Erod, Riley, McKeel come back. Is it too obvious? Yeah, that's all right. We'll we'll get to that here shortly. But so preview ahead for the Tigers this week against Oakland. School makes his twenty twenty three debut on Tuesday. You can watch that. That's at six forty. That's a game too that I want to go to. But then Riley Green's play possibly going to play in Toledo, so I got to make it. It's going to be a game time decision on that. Then Wednesday, uh, Erod comes back against uh, TBD, and uh, Thursday, Michael Lorenz will get the start. All-star. Tigers. Yeah, all-star Michael Lorenz, which I did not, let's be honest here, did not expect that. I thought maybe Jason Foley would get the nod. Jason Foley's put up some really good numbers out slaying. Erod would have gotten that had he not gotten injured. But uh, congratulations, Michael Lorenz. Yeah, and, and I think even Michael Lorenz acknowledged. He, he said he's like he called himself a mid-four, which I assume means a mid-number four starter, which is kind of fun that he knows it. And uh, – yeah, I mean, he's, he's, he's been good for the Tigers, like about what we expected, maybe a little bit better, right? Uh, but still not not an all-star, certainly not performing the way that, that Jason Foley has. But hey, man, good for him, right? It's a cool award or reward, and it's a cool trip to, where is it, Seattle this year? Yep, Seattle. So that's fun. Good. That, that's pretty awesome. Now you can trade an all-star pitcher in, in a couple weeks <laughs> instead of a regular pitcher. Yeah, you know what? I mean, if you want to, if you want to get, kind of look at some of his numbers closely in terms of percentile rankings He's in the 90th percentile in fastball spin and 84 percentile in, in walk rate. So maybe that's what it is. They look at those kind of things and what, what if this is a totally analytic thing? So <laughs> no, no, seriously. Like you think about yeah. it for a second, maybe there's something about him that who's the manager this year for the American league. Would that be, do they do it with the, the world series winners for team from the year before? Would be yeah, I think so. Yeah, the Astros win last year. It's how quickly I forget. Astros beat the Phillies, right? Yeah. So Dusty. So Dusty Baker, yeah. maybe it's maybe it's because he has a sixty-eight percent first pitch strike rate, which is better than the league average. And the league average is sixty percent. Could be that. It could be the fact that his win percentage is forty-nine point four percent, which is also a little bit above the league average. I'm, again, maybe nitpicking those things. That's that's what we're gonna see there. So, 
But yeah, I'm, like, I'm looking know, at how, how he stacks up against the rest of the American League pitchers. It's uh, yeah, I, I I didn't see who didn't make it. So, but I don't know. It like you know, I remember when I was a kid collecting baseball cards, and they would make this special, especially these like tops, right? They would make a special All Star card for every player. Yeah. And I was young enough to think that every All Star was good, so I set aside all the All Star cards. You look back and you go, oh. You know, seventy percent of these guys aren't actually any good. They were either having a good year or they were just there because the team needed a guy. So <laughs> it's, it's not necessarily the the accolade that uh, we often, you know, give give the weight to it. But uh, still, like I said, cool trip for him. Hopefully, he doesn't get tired, uh, partying or whatever. And uh, yeah, I mean, somebody I saw somebody on Twitter said that Jake Rogers was robbed, which was interesting because they said I think he's like third in catcher WAR. Something like that this year. So, yeah, you know, they just need to fill out the roster, and it's it's all very silly. It's an exhibition game. So let's let's do the power ranking thing. Let's do the right. who goes up, who goes down. So our candidates here: Erod, Tarek Skubal, Ryan Green, and Akil Baldu. So we have four players we have to look at to replace. And I will agree with you, Noah, on YouTube. He says I think Jason Foley got snubbed. To be honest, advanced metrics do point runs his way, but he, he has been consistent. I think Jason Foley was the one that should have been there, but that's just me. So, all right. So let's look at these, the four candidates that could potentially go down. So let's keep in mind right now to another thing to consider that Trey Wingetter is also down in Toledo, but looks like he's going to probably stay in Toledo because he has not been pitching effectively. We'll get to him a little later. Yeah. So on the roster right now, you have at a point right now. So you look at, let's just look at the bench. So you're looking at, you have Kerry Carpenter, excuse me, you have so Jake Rogers, Spencer Trokelson, Andy Baez right now, Javi Baez, Matt Burling, and Miguel Cabrera as your kind of regulars with Zach McKinstry, Eric Haas, Kerry Carpenter, Jonathan Scope, Zach Short, Jake Marisnik, and Tyler Nevin. So right there. Uh, oh, oh, thank you, Blood, right? Exquisite. Thank you for five dollars. We appreciate that. So this is where I so I think Tyler Nevin, who had a who had that error today, was woo, like he had all the time in the world and he just went woo. I don't know what that was, but so I think Tyler Nevin goes back down to Toledo, and so there's one. Uh, right now, so that's so you have another position player to consider. I think it's time to say adieu to see, but then here's a the problem: like Jake Marisnik has played good enough. But, like, it's either him or Jonathan Scope, really. Because Zach Short has made himself, despite his batting average or anything, Zach Short has made himself positionally stronger than Scope. So, yeah. I love to have the Colt Keith thing. Uh, that would be nice. But uh, we'll, we'll get the Colt Keith, too, because he, he had a really good – Columbus was good <laughs> to him. He was very good. He came back to Ohio as a champion because he was originally from Ohio. In case, by the way, the Tiger Minor League interview series is undefeated. Undefeated right now. Seriously, we deserve we it's look, look at the week Ben Majeri Ben Maljeri had. He had a good week. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's it's a player of the week level week. That, one of the weird things about tonight's show is that there are a bunch of games going on tomorrow to finish this week still. So this is like five games deep into the season series, so it's not complete. Yes. But uh but yeah, Maljeri's put up ridiculous numbers this week. Um, so, so just to, to get back to the power rankings thing, or the, the, there's there are three pitchers on the 60 day IL that have to come off 
soon. The first one is Eduardo Rodriguez. Right. He's coming back on what you said. Or the first one, I'm sorry, he's not on the 60 day. It's, it's Derek Scoobal. He's on the 60 day. He's the first one. He's Wednesday. Is that what you said? Uh, Tuesday. Tuesday. So I, I think the number one ranking for me is Blair Calvo. Uh, my minor league reliever they picked up uh, over the last month or so has not pitched well in Toledo. Hasn't come up to the big leagues. I think that's kind of, uh, you know, nice knowing you. They'll, they'll throw him off the 40 man, and that'll make room for Eduardo Rodriguez. Then you got Bo Brisky, who's on the 60 day aisle. They have to put him on the 40 man roster at some point, and Trey Wingetter, like you said. So then it's like, all right, who do you get rid of then? I guess my top candidates for that, for, for let's, we'll start with Brisky, uh, probably Zach Logue or Garrett Hill. I feel like they might want to hold on to one of those guys just because they could, they could theoretically give you length. Like Logue did a good job the other day. And I honestly probably better than Garrett Hill has done in most of his appearances. So it wouldn't shock me if it's Garrett Hill. And then, like I said, you had to make room for Wingeter. And uh, in, in, I kind of have this feeling, and I don't know exactly what could happen here, but I, I almost feel like they're just not, they're going to DFA him when they take him off the 60 day, because what has he really done to deserve? He hasn't pitched well since he came back from injury. He was good in spring and, and won the job, but he wasn't great early in the season. And he had that, you know, they gave him the chance to close the game and he had a complete meltdown. If you remember, he was walking guys and throwing the ball all over the place. So it wouldn't necessarily shock me if you know, he's been out all this time. They try to sneak him through waivers and, and, you know, send him to Toledo. But what I don't know about his situation is if he could actually do that or if he just go elsewhere. It depends on how much they want to keep him around. But those are those are the main ones I would I would you know Calvo I think is number one sure yeah. and then it's uh, Hill and Logue and then Winginter himself. Those are those are my for the actual hey you're off the roster now. Uh, but yeah the, when, when they bring back Badu and Green that adds another thing because then you have to get guys off the active roster and I haven't uh, I don't know did you mention so you would go with that, you Nevin and Oh, well, I was thinking Nick Solzak because here's why I'm thinking that. They with Cole Key, I mean, he was originally second baseman. Now I think uh Solak has been playing the outfield. Mm-hmm. So I think Tigers may like what they see in Jake Marisnik, keep him and yeah. just say goodbye to him and, and say goodbye to Nick Solak. So um again, they're both, I mean, they're both. Solik's not a prospect. He's 28 years old. He's a journeyman. Mm-hmm. So I think if they like what Marisnik can offer, again, defensively, he's better than Carpenter. I mean, like, Kerry Carpenter, as much as we love the bat, defensively, he struggles. And so if you want to, if you're going to have a, see, but the problem is, though, you have too many outfielders out there. So, yeah, I mean, that's, that's the tough part with, with, like, I was just doing pitcher for pitcher with the guys who are coming off the 60 day. It's a little bit tougher with, the guys that aren't coming off the 60 day because you're, you're taking an active roster spot and they could keep one of those pitchers and get rid of Solak. I could see them doing that. Uh, he hasn't like, he's another guy who the, the Calvo of hitters, you know, they haven't really even discussed bringing him up. I think you're right. Tyler, Tyler and Evan will be back in the mind. You're not going to keep him around, but then yeah, after that, it gets kind of tough. Like you said, Marisnik hasn't done anything wrong to, to not be on the team. Right. Like he's, like, he's not good. But he's he's been a fine piece there, and, and when Green comes back, you assume that you know he's going to take over every day center field. But uh, he would seem like the most likely candidate. The other candidate, of course, is 
finally parting ways with Jonathan Scope, uh, which, you know, people have been speculating on literally all year. It never really seems like it's terribly close to happening. I don't know if Chris Illich just doesn't believe in eating salary or what it is, but I mean, those are the two main candidates right there, I guess, for, for but when Badu and, and they may actually just keep Badu and AAA because they can. So, yeah, the one thing that I'm not really my strongest suits contracts. And so if he for scope at this point, I would think he reach by a certain all-star break, a certain threshold where they can go ahead and swallow the contract. It's not like the Tigers don't have money coming off the books anyways. So it's not, it's not a deal that's going to hurt them again. I, I would bother to think that if they really, the way that he's been playing and take take a, take out the fan noise for a moment. Just take out the fan noise. The fans always saying they want him out or Banyas, even though Banyas has been actually also serviceable. You have to consider that the Tigers at this point, you have Cole Keith down in Toledo, who's going to be playing second or third. Who will I? I think if between him and Malloy, whoa, sorry, that's wrong button. All right, no, wrong. I wrong myself. <laughs> No, but the between all <laughs> between all the guys, um, <laughs> between Keith Malloy and Parker Meadows, Cole Keith, after the weekend in Toledo, might get a call up, and that gives you that, and scope becomes expandable. So, not to say he's going to get called up tomorrow. I'm not saying that. My point is, you have greater position flexibility now with that happening. And it's for yeah, he definitely ninja bees. I like his uh, answer there. That's funny. Um, <laughs> but uh, nevertheless, I, that, I think that's it's time. Like I, I really think that the Tigers have position flexibility to be able to do that. And you look at Toledo too. You still have John Valentine on the roster. You have these guys. Yeah, John Valentine. You still have these guys in the roster that are in this kind of weird limbo thing. So. That they have to make room at some point, so just start from the top and kind of work their way down. Yeah, and and uh, you know some of these things will get taken care of on their own. We saw it like there was going to be even bigger roster crunch, and then unfortunately Matthew Boyd went down for the year, and Will Vest got injured. So that like suddenly, you know that just happens. Guys get injured. You don't wish for it, but these things tend to work themselves out. And it's, I think Stan, somebody in, in the chat mentioned, you know some of these players are going to get traded. The roster is going to thin out a little bit that way. Um, but, yeah, I mean, and then there's going to be some names gone in the next few days. But I don't think there are going to be any major names. I, I would, I'd be kind of shocked if Scope is one of the names that goes until, like, as, as Rod said, until they, they finally decide to bite the bullet and, and bring up the kids. So the uh, a couple of things, too, I wanted to get to in terms of, like, as far as injury updates go. Retirement school, actually, in this case. Uh, Billy Leshner, who we saw in Toledo kind of melt down a couple times, and then he had a really solid outing last week for Toledo as retired. So uh, wish him the best of luck in whatever he decides to do going forward. Elvis Alvarado, who, who was one of them, at one point on our top prospect list, has somehow been lost in the shuffle and because he's not been good down in Lakeland, got reassigned to West Michigan today. So there will be a chance to we'll see him soon. No, he was up. He's been up in West Michigan for a couple of days. That may be from last week. No, um, it, said, it said the second. No, well, he, he he pitched there. He got absolutely blown up a couple 
uh, oh. outings ago. And then I put up his outing today, actually. Yesterday, he, he uh, faced seven guys and struck out five of them in two innings for West Michigan. He was he was electric. Um, so, I mean, he's on a rehab assignment from Erie to West Michigan. West Michigan, yeah. So, so he'll probably be back up and. It hasn't been good for him so far, but that one was – he looked like the dude we saw last year, so maybe he's starting to get it together. But, yeah, the Lester thing's a bummer, but that's kind of – I think he is – he may be one of the last – I want to say he was from the 2017 draft with Fido and Max Green, I think, are the only yep, guys correct, yep. standing from that draft. There may be maybe one more that I'm forgetting about, but, yeah, that, that draft is basically washed away. It's been kind of a mixed bag of. I don't know. We'll see here. But uh, the other thing, too, is that, and I have not, admittedly, I did not see that you put that up there. It's been well interesting last couple of days around here. Yeah, the, I'm not. Household. Well, and, and also, it's been interesting at the Twitter household. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Twitter's been an absolute disaster. And so people. We're posting up all sorts of great stuff and people can't see it because they've reached the rate limit. And then people are trying to mi- migrate over to blue sky if they had the invite, but they weren't ready for this sort of influx of uh, traffic. So they're, they're down and we're back to living in the prehistoric times of message boards and discord chats. But uh, yeah, so it, it's in any event. Yeah. Alvarado did he, he awesome two innings tonight. Tyler Madison had two awesome innings for Erie. He struck out four and two basically clean innings to end the game in a two-one game. So, yeah, there's some interesting relief arms coming up through the system. By the way, if anybody who is watching us on YouTube wants a link to the Tigers chat Discord that I created, let me know and I will drop that link in there for you. Uh, because it's yeah, it's I forget yeah, Twitter Twitter blows and Twitter sucks and really we're kind of so one of the things we're trying to do right now because we're gonna eventually. I tried signing uh, the Tiger Miley Report account on Blue Sky, but of course it's they're over capacity right now to create new accounts. That being said, for next week and more likely going forward, you can probably we're gonna probably make on YouTube a, a, like a members only. There's like a members thing you can join. So I'm gonna look into that, and that way we can continue to find a way to, you know, find a way to around Twitter. We've built that Twitter. The only goal for me right now on Twitter right now is to outpass Tiger Miley League development. I'm you know what I'm gonna be right. I'm gonna be as clear as day with you, ladies and gentlemen, Tiger, the Tiger development account has 14,200 followers or something like that. We're at 12th one. If Twitter dies in the next week or two, whatever it does, we'll be that short of passing a official team account. I want to pass that account so bad, so you know, the, bad. You have no the weird, idea. The so, weirdest thing to me, the weirdest thing about that is, is you're following the Tiger's developmental I don't. We don't know who does that, uh, but they do. You know, it's fine. They do a good job. But if you're firing or following that for like Tigers minor league updates, I feel like you would also then follow us, right? Because of what you know, all the videos and all that stuff. But we there's five, ten times more of the content. Ten. There's like three thousand people who are like, nope, not for me. <laughs> I, I bet. So whatever. But um, yeah, no. I, I, like, I will say the Discord. Has, has really turned into a lot of fun for me. There's a lot of great people in there participating. I, I it's probably at times a little, like, I don't know. I, I've been in groups like that before where you kind of feel afraid to chime in and talk or whatever, but it's, it's a nice mix of like Twitter and an old fashioned message board where everybody can just pop in and say what they feel and, and somebody will respond. And it's, it's, 
a good group in there. So uh, yeah, I'd encourage anybody who's not in there yet to go ahead and hop in. But, yeah, uh, we it's I, I created it because people were getting tired on Twitter not to have a discussion, and Twitter became trolling trolling. Case in point, these guys from last there were some idiots from last week. Um, yeah, the weirdo. Yeah, I actually I used the f word on Twitter, which I break out yeah. once a year or so. When you when you get Chris Brown to swear, that's that says something. <laughs> you know, or Rahel Castillo, because Rahel Castillo went third person here. There's a reference for anybody that listens to a lot of Tigers podcasts. I went through reference. You'll get why I did that. And Chris Brown doesn't swear. Yeah. Chris yeah. Brown Rahele doesn't plan. either. Rahele doesn't swear either that much, much, but um, uh, that, okay. No more third person. Cause I'm not going yeah. to repeat that gentleman's name who does that. Uh, but anyway, anyway, let's get back into the swing of things a little bit. Let's go into Toledo. So again, with the tracker, not updating, we couldn't put all our full stats this evening. Um, yeah, you know what, <laughs> Henry, let me, oh, I don't like a two-side track, but this is funny. He says, much more lenient than Bless You Boys. So, fun story about Bless You Boys. I love Bless You Boys. I like Brandon. A lot of good people there. When I first started getting on Twitter 10 years ago, and I started getting into the Tiger coverage, I wanted to be on Bless You Boys. I wanted to be a staff writer. I wanted to write. Never got the time of day. Never. And I started my own thing. I started SportsRealDetroit.com. With my with my two buddies because that's what we wanted to do. Fast forward, and SB Nation's completely tearing that thing apart now. They're making something that was one point getting almost five million views a month, and turning it into nothing for for reasons that are beyond me. Well, yeah, I mean, all those those big you know media things they end up getting bought by somebody larger and torn apart. It's just it seems to happen. It's like every five years. Oh, ninjas. Okay, so let's go into Toledo. So Toledo, Cole Keith, Chris, seven for 15, two home runs, five <laughs> RBIs. He announced his presence with a thought. Yes, he did. And, yeah, uh, man. Yeah, go ahead, Chris. Uh, no, it, it's just like, I think we, we kind of felt like this sort of thing was going to happen. But I think the Tigers knew it, too, because they're like, we kind of have to bring him up. But when we bring him up, he's going to keep me doing the same stuff. And then it's going to be like, there's there's literally nowhere else for him to go but Detroit. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's, you know, first first at bat, 425-foot home run. Just an absolute bah. And a great week overall. And even even his outs were loud as hell. He had a 108-mile-an-hour ground out the other day. Today, he flew into a double play. It was a 350-foot, 106-mile-an-hour flyer. And it was 97-mile-an-hour. Sorry, I gave him a lot. But the fly ball to deep left center that got turned into a double play because the runners were moving. Yeah. In four, what, four walks and one strikeout there, the pitchers already know not to give him anything in the zone. And so far he's doing a good job of not expanding. So yeah, he's pretty good. He got intentionally walked his first game. Yeah. Columbus was like, you know what? All right, we're good. We're good here. I don't, I don't want to, you know, I want nothing to do with Cole Keith whatsoever. We're, we're good here. I mean, that, that's just incredible to me. And I just I'm looking at this and I'm just thinking to myself, that's that's respect. You know, like they would say in the like Goodfellas, like respect. When you get your yeah. somebody's carrying your groceries for you. Cole Keith, by the way, the answer stands question. He went today, he just had Oh, he's all for one with a walk. Yeah, oh, yeah for a walk, yeah. The the today's game was canceled after five innings because of rain. So and that walk was a, a very much like oh, there were like people on base and he could have done damage, so they they avoided him. Yeah, Alex Fayo did not look sharp in the short uh, time he had to take three, three, one inning, or three inning, or pretty much 
Three one thirds innings, six hits, four runs on two strikeouts at a home run. I forgot that Joey Cantalao is still around, Chris. I, for, I mean, he was the guy who was a big shot with the Padres at one point, but it feels like he's been in Cleveland system now for quite some time. Yeah, yeah, I remember he's a lefty. He, I'm trying to remember what deal he came over in. Was that the Trevor Bauer deal? I want to say it was a Trevor Bauer deal. Yeah, that, that involved the Reds and was it the Padres? I, I yeah, it was the Padres because he was originally a Padres, a Padres <sighs> prospect. Maybe it wasn't the Bauer deal. In any event, uh, I felt like it you know, was, was. But, yeah, he's, he's still around there kicking. And you know, At one point, I think he may have be, even been a top 100 prospect, but it's kind of come back down to earth now. I think his velocity never really stayed up. It was the Clevenger, it was the Clevenger deal. Clevenger deal. There you go. So, yeah, but it was, it, you know, watching Cole Keith play is always fun. He's up there hitting. They're batting him fifth right now. The lineup suddenly got way more interesting. Uh, you'll see that Justin Hermoy picked things up this this uh, month or this week too. Six for eighteen, two homers, a double, five walks, six strikeouts, looking more like he did earlier in the year. Uh, and he, I think they said he's got like five of his thirteen home runs this year against Columbus. He likes playing against Columbus, so that was good to see. Um, Nick Maton was not was not pouting down there. He, he remained a productive hitter for Toledo, which also you know it's a nice reminder of the difference between the major leagues and the minor leagues, right? Nick, Nick Maton went down there and didn't. You know, struggle at all. Five for 13, two doubles, four walks. He did have a throwing error, which is unfortunate. But, you know, got to iron those things out. One of the things, too, that uh, we were talking about, what you were talking about the offense, too. Yeah, it is a lot much of a more of an enjoyable product with Cole Keith in the lineup. It makes everybody a lot more interesting. The Parker Meadows struggles, I mean, it's the, you know, it's the way at the end of the month, but honestly, you still had a good month regardless. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't even necessarily call that like, a str- like he, he, the hits weren't falling for him. He did a home run, but three for 20 with five strikeouts in 23. That's still like a 22% strikeout rate, and the walk rate is fine. He stole three bases. It just, I just think it weren't falling for him this week. I think he's still in a pretty good place. Um, but yeah, they, they, the bullpen kind of failed Lito several times this week. Including there was one game where they they were up by four runs and gave up a it was Whistler gave up a game time grand slam John Kinsey Noel with two outs in the ninth. That was Friday, wasn't that was, it? That maybe. Yeah. Uh, they all they all kind of blend together for me now. But uh, Dan Miguel Diaz blew it last night. It's uh, yeah I don't know they, they've lost a lot of there were a lot of guys who were supposed to be pitching for them this year that have been hurt and then they just released uh, Keith Embry and, and Trevor Rosenthal I think the Tigers did so. Those are two guys that won't be around. They were hurt, I believe. But oh, I didn't see the Rosenthal transaction. Yeah, I think they just just flat out released those two guys. So, but it is it is rehab city right now. That's why you Roger's discussing going down to Columbus tomorrow. Is that it? Yeah, so I'm going to Columbus tomorrow to watch Riley Green because he's supposed to make his appearance tomorrow. But then Christian easily reminded me that well, we could go see him Tuesday. This is true. And it would be a lot closer than going down to Columbus. And I realized also Michigan lights plate in Columbus is not exactly friendly because people are yeah. insane down there. As far as I'm concerned for earth, I've been told. So, but then again, yeah. I, 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 I don't know. I'm torn because I could go to the Tigers game Tuesday easily, or I don't know. We might split duties. I don't We'll, we'll see. We'll, we'll figure, yeah, we'll figure out. it out. I was down in Toledo today, but it was just a family zoo trip. First time be- I've been to the zoo in a couple of years. Yeah, shout out to the ostrich pictures. That, that's right. There was a baby ostrich. 
quite uh, adorable. But, um, that was pretty fun. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, nevertheless, uh, Columbus, and here's the thing too, Columbus, I think was it the, they just lost, uh, uh, Gavin Williams just got called up, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's a, he's one of the best pitching prospects in baseball, so that's going to hurt you a little bit. Stan, thank you for the nine ninety nine. Oh, Stan. Thank Stan you so much. Man. Oh, I got a chance, by the way. I got, I think maybe, did I, I don't know if I talked about this last week. Maybe? No. no. Yeah, I got a chance to meet. Did I mention it on Thursday? Yeah, you, yeah you, you're down Toledo. You met Stan. I think you mentioned it. Oh, okay. You certainly mentioned it to me. I don't know if you mentioned it on the podcast. Yeah. Uh, shout out. Yeah, I got a chance to meet Stan in Toledo, and it was a great conversation with him. Exquisite. <laughs> it was very exquisite. And uh, we, we talked baseball. It was nice. He was sitting. He actually, I like that upper section Toledo. You have no matter where you go in Toledo, there's a good view. And my row is completely empty down there, Chris. Like usually, I love about Toledo. Like we West Michigan for whatever reason, like a gambit. Like unless we get our seats. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. tickets guaranteed, pretty much. Yeah, and I, I think you know West Michigan. We tend to go on the weekend nights, right? And they they get like five six thousand people. It's tough to get our behind home plate seats in Toledo. We're usually they've got that kind of scouting section that just it seems like they don't ever sell those tickets to to people. So we can just pop in there behind home plate, and it's easy enough for us. But yeah, I don't know it's been a while. We haven't I haven't been to Toledo since the opening day. So I do need to get back down there to see see some of these guys. Keith in person for the first time, and I guess when we saw him in Erie, right? Yeah, but. Uh, Again, since uh, first time in like three months. Yeah, it's going down there. Went to down there to see Brisky pitch and just kind of catching up down there. And so, yeah, it's a it's a fun place to. I did try Frickers for the first time too. Eh. Eh. What do they do? I, I don't even know what they make. Is it... They're like they're known for their wings. Oh, all right. And so if they're if they're going to be a sponsor, then yeah, you know, Frickers is a great. Let me tell you something about <laughs> Frickers. The atmosphere is fantastic. The people there are friendly, and that that part's true. That's one hundred percent true. I ended up talking to a Yankees fan for twenty minutes at the bar about oh, wow. baseball and everything like that. Fantastic company, great food. So if you're down there, check out Frickers. If you want to, of course, you want to yeah. sponsor the show, let us know. Uh, but uh, nevertheless, <laughs> all right, let's move. Let's move on. Let's uh, let's get going to Erie. And so Erie had a, did a great job against the, the Rubber Ducks. And Ben Malgeri, friend of the podcast, just look at, look at that. Look at that. Look at that. Look at, look at uh, power numbers here. OPS numbers. I'm sorry. OPS numbers. 2000. Yeah. I like how you yeah, put <laughs> Well, that's what I don't mean. Prisoner of war, of course. That means player of the week. Yeah. Um, but POWMIA. Uh, yeah. No, Malgeri's had an awesome week. He said he had two home runs in one half of the, the doubleheader. The second game, right? That was. Uh, I was out and about on Friday night and Raj chipped in and, and got all the clips. And uh, so that was, that was, that wouldn't, everything was going down or was that a different day, but yeah, an awesome week from Algeri. Bigby has continued to just perform constantly doubles all over the place. Uh, hit, hit the game winning double tonight. So those are like Malgeri, Bigby and Chris Myers are all kind of fascinating to me because they're all later on draft picks who have done nothing but perform to this point and they all feel a little bit tweener-ish like like you know mal jerry's probably not fast enough to be a plus defender in center field and maybe not enough power to, to profile in right field but 
maybe can make it as a fourth outfielder. And same same with Bigby. Like he's probably he can't really even play center field. I don't think he's more corner outfielder. So then puts the pressure on the bat more. He's been performing. Guys like that, you just have to see. Basically, teams have to teams force them to perform until they can't Excuse not me. notice them. Sorry, it was hey, the tool. Yes, yeah, so thank you for the three dollars. And not to mention, I'm really I, so I'm trying to slow in order for myself to slow down. I'm using my hands, and that's a broadcasting technique thing that I learned when I was in uh, Specs Howard. And so I keep moving my hands around, so I remind myself to slow down, and it's right near the board. So I have to figure out. I maybe have to move my seat or something. So I apologize. But I'm trying, uh, trying to ask a question right after that too. Yes. What is Madden ceiling? All I've heard is top, top, or top. Just he's going to be top. He's going to be a th- third yeah. starter. Yeah, top side. Yeah, the, yeah, his ceiling would be a number three starter, and his, his you know, if, if it doesn't work out, he's a back end reliever. I, I, I mean, I, I would probably slide that down more to a number four starter. Now it's yeah, he's been he's kind of frustrating in, in that he has a great arm. You know, we saw him flirting with triple digits last week and he can, he's got to me, he almost throws too many pitches. So he's got the fastball. He's got a, a cutter in the low nineties. He's got a slider in the mid nineties or mid eighties. He's got a, a curveball in the mid seventies. He's got a change up. I, I think he might throw a two seam or two. I think that there's just a little bit too much going on there and nothing is terribly consistent. I was going to say, Chris, I feel like he's trying to be too fine in the sense of he's trying to like, it, it, it's, I don't want to say over pitching, but there, there's times where I, there's counts where I think he should go curveball and then he doesn't. So I, I it's just like, he, I don't know. It's maybe, maybe I think it's between the ears with him a little bit. Yeah. I mean, the physical talent seems to be there that the fastball shape is not great. We've known that since before the draft. That's why he slid in the draft. People were worried about the fastball, just not having that life through the zone. And uh, that's still an issue, despite a couple mechanical tweaks. But he's continued to perform pretty well. It's just he hasn't really been dominant since that very first outing. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think the, the guy who kind of comes to mind when I think of Madden is uh, Kyle Funkhauser. I think Madden is, is better, more likely to start than Funkhauser, but it wouldn't shock me at all if he kind of becomes that middle reliever who focuses on fastballs and sliders, maybe sinker and slider, you know, trying to get out, which again, I guess is uh, probably to the lower side, like Sean suggested. I, I'm not seeing the number three starter upside anymore. Yeah, I'm not either. Like I said, it's just, there's a lot of times where I'm really miffed on a account where I think he's going to just blow you away a little bit. And then he, he comes back with something you're kind of, I don't know, just it, a lot of it doesn't make any sense. Hey, Chris. <laughs> Kyle Funkhauser turned into a decent reliever there for uh, a year and a half or so. You know, Buck Farmer's having a good year for Cincinnati, by the way. Yeah, Buck Farmer. It's funny. Buck Farmer always had an, an outstanding changeup, right? And, and Slider always had good spin rates. It was just that that really severe head whack. And then, you know, just sometimes would get hit hard. And uh, he had one, I think, really solid year for the Tigers in the bullpen. But it's yeah. good to see him still, still around there pitching. Yeah, it continues to be part of the I don't want to say, I'm not going to say that cliche, the, the 2023 Reds. I'm not going to say the big red machine because that's not the big red machine. The, the 70s Reds. Reds. The what? The upstart Reds. The upstart Reds. There we go. And Wilmer Flores, another strong outing. Again, just going out there. If, if this would qualify as a quality start. So it just continues to be consistent. The numbers do not 
overwhelm you. I understand that. It's like you, the cape, you're looking at something like along the lines of like, well, his K per nine this season is 8.77, but hitters are only hitting 225 against it. And honestly, at this point, for me, it's I, I'm interested to see him in Toledo so we can get that stack cast data on that third pitch. Because from what I've been told, he is throwing the change up more and it's been getting some more swings and misses. And you can see it during the game. Yeah, I mean, I think I mentioned two starts ago, he got a strikeout with a change up uh, right, right, which I was not expecting, you know, right handed batter change up. Um, so, yeah, I think. That's a, that he's similar to Madden in that like the the dominance hasn't been there. But unlike Madden, Flores also just isn't giving up a ton of runs now. Madden still gets up two, three runs an outing. Flores is I'm, – I'm pulling up right now. I want to see his stats. I'm checking his game log. Basically, since April ended, I want to see because it feels like – yeah, yeah. This is wild. Yeah, look, he gave up six runs in his second start of the year. We were there against Altoona. Seven runs in the next start. Since then – Zero two two one two zero one one three zero two zero. Sounds like binary code there for a second. I agree, <laughs> but uh, yeah, since let's do four four twenty three. Anyway, yeah, he's been really productive. So I agree with you. I think um, not to go a full column up, but uh, maybe column up at some point. You know, yeah. he, he might have. So yeah, since April twenty third, it's a two one six ERA, fifty eight innings, two one six ERA, fifty five strikeouts. 21 walks. Walks are a bit high. Only two home runs. Um, yeah. I think it would be fascinating. I think I bet you he's got some really interesting data behind him to avoid home runs like that and, and avoid a lot of runs. Especially, too, I think he's been the eerie, really, I think, Erie's most consistent starter outside of sort of Gibson Long as far as getting just – being productive. And again, the numbers are not going to overwhelm you. He's not striking out a lot like he did before, but I see the fact that there's games where he kind of bulldogs through. And to me, that's just kind of saying, look, he, there's that bullpen risk and he's trying to avoid that bullpen risk at all times. Yeah. I mean, he does, uh, his stuff has been down a tick this year overall, but he holds it. I think for most, like it stays, it doesn't go down over the course of the outing. And yeah, like you said, that's a good way to describe it. He, he's battling through a lot of these starts. The, like the walks are up, but they're not crazy high. I wouldn't say. So, it's 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 progress there. It's this is a, a classic example of of how the people always say you know, player development isn't linear. But sometimes it's 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 not necessarily linear, but it's also not like a roller coaster. Sometimes it just kind of flattens out for a bit, which I guess you could do that in a roller coaster too. I've seen roller coasters. Sometimes they flatten out. So deadly ninja bees in the chat. It said after trade deadline would floors move up. Yeah, I could see that happening. I, I think in the, these next few weeks, you're going to a lot of, I, again, I think there's some tells me and just based off some of the conversations I've had to, I have a feeling that there's going to be some more, once the draft happens, there's going to be another, like just a, a fury of retiring players or it's, it's good. There's going to be a lot more people um, getting out by the end of this, by the end of July. Yeah, that that usually happens. Guys see the right end of the wall, or teams make it clear that we don't have room for you anymore. It's it's always a bummer, but it's just what happens when a, a new group of so they'll draft twenty one players, right? They might sign, they might sign them all. They might sign twenty or nineteen, and they'll go out and sign another 
10 or 12 undrafted free agents and that to do that you need to make some room so we'll see some we'll see a fair amount of movement i think soon so let's move on to west michigan so there was same thing they are they're playing dayton and they're actually off tomorrow so they're off they they'll start a series down in fort wayne on the the fourth july of the holiday before coming home and they have a three-game series starting up with lansing after the all-star break so they won't be back home until the 14th and that's always every time we go out there for lansing and then by the way just as a heads up we will be out of town we're going to go see thanks to our buddy uh charles the discord we're going to see the white caps down in south bend so if you want to come say hi to us if you're in that area we'll be in south bend indiana on the 21st and i believe the 22nd for a little bit i'm not sure what's exactly happening but either way so i'm looking forward to that south bend from my understanding is a really nice stadium so west michigan this week it was a 3-3 split wasn't it chris uh, See, they, 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 I, I know they look. they lost opener. the The first game was postponed because of the air quality. Because that they was one really They they split the doubleheader. They won on Thursday. They lost last night. Yep. So three and three sounds right to me. And so uh, a couple of things that uh, stood out here again. We know the struggles. We haven't really talked about this a lot. I mean, Isaac Pacheco has been struggling. And he did have a home run. You kicked off the rally in that the game that they came back in. Yeah, and that's so I'm kind of. I'm not concerned about it though, Chris. He's still young enough to figure things out. So it's not this. I don't think there's a. The reason why I wanted to bring him up really quick is. He's only 19, 20 years old. So it's still he has time to figure things out, and he's developed better than we anticipated anyway. Defensively, he's. And like I said, it's not that he's actually doing okay, but the bat just seems like he's striking out way too much. Yeah, they, they've the pitchers have have kind of figured him out, and it's it's up to him to adjust. And it's pretty simple; they're throwing him fastballs up and breaking balls down, and he's swinging under and over all of them. It's 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 worrying me a little bit because it does feel like there's a very limited window in which he can do damage. But it, it's it's so it's just such a weird juxtaposition because we've gone and seen him in Lansing, and every time he's in Lansing, he looks like an all star, like just a monster. But for whatever reason, everywhere else he plays, it's just strikeouts and really a lot of non competitive at bats. Unfortunately, not a lot of fouling pitches off or taking walks. He does still have that raw power in there, but uh, and as you said, he, he has. And he's prone to the occasional error uh, or, or misthrow, but he really is a very talented defender. He's a legit third baseman. Had a really nice, you know, barehanded play on a bunt yesterday or the day before. It all, all the all the pieces are there. That they joke about it on the broadcast. Dan and uh, Nate they joke that Checo will like range over in front of the shortstop to get plays that he shouldn't because he just he's got more range than you would expect. He actually played shortstop a game or two. Um, I think he's better at third base, but. So there's there's that to cling on to, like hey, hey the, the the gloves there give bat time to develop, and he's a guy. Look, we've we've learned this from watching other players, right? Parker Meadows. Parker Meadows struggled, was basically in West Michigan for three seasons, or at least two full seasons, and eventually something clicked and he's able to move on. So I would expect Pacheco to spend a whole uh, 
another year in West Michigan, basically next year. And if it doesn't click for him then, then I think I'll get really concerned. But you know, I'm not not close to the book on him yet. It's just uh, it's been a disappointing year for him. Yeah, I mean, again, the reason why I did that was the disclaimer is he two walks of 15 strikeouts. So it's that's where you kind of get paused. But then, like I said, I think you just like you just said, he still has plenty of time. As far as the rest of the bats go this week, Lozardo Benitez is up there. He had a nice week. He went nine for 24. Brady Allen, another nice week for him, five for 18. Batting 270, he had an OPS over nine, 935. Dylan Paulson, he limited, limited bats, five for 11. Pretty good numbers. Yeah. And then on the pitching side of things, Chris, I was going to – so let's face it. Everybody – like Tyler Matz is now is in Erie. So West Michigan pretty much now is becoming kind of like as soon as they get good, they're gone. They go to Erie immediately, almost, like pretty quickly. But one guy, a star I wanted to ask you about, and this is where I watched a couple of innings to start was Wilkiel Hernandez. Three innings, or excuse me, six innings, three hits, six strikeouts, only one walk. Probably his best start of the season. I mean, we saw Wilkiel was their opening day starter when I went there. He is, he is a real Jekyll and Hyde pitcher. It's, yeah. it's like a sinker slider. It's it, sometimes the slider is not working and he just gets bombed. Sometimes the sinker is not working. And other times it seems like, you know, he's just getting easy out after easy out. And he's been around the system forever. I think he's 24. It, and it feels like, I, I want to say he pitched in West Michigan in 2019, maybe even 2018. Um, and, the, and the velocity uh, fluctuates too. Sometimes he's low 90s and sometimes he'll be like 95, 96, 97. He's, he's kind of a conundrum there, but it's it's a solid arm to have. He he can eat some innings, but I don't I, like. I have a hard time projecting him to be anything more than an org guy, just based on the history of him kind of being so inconsistent. But you know, Melton was the starter today, and he got roughed up a little bit. I think he only pitched two innings. It may have been another one of those instances where I think he was forty-four pitches in two innings, so he may have hit like the thirty inning or thirty pitch limit in that second inning. He remains their most talented arm. We're expecting, we were kind of like gaming this out. I think Jackson Job could be back with West Michigan on July 14th, is my guess, just based on, I think he's going to start on the 4th for Lakeland, which is Tuesday, right? Yeah. Uh, and, you know, what the bummer for him was he was he was pitching last week and the game got delayed by lightning for like two hours, so he couldn't come back out. And he remains just... He's as enigmatic as ever because you look at the data and it's absurd. You know, it's 97 mile hour fastball with elite spin. It's the slider with elite spin. It's the cutter with elite spin. It's the curveball. It's a changeup that looks good. And then zero swings and misses in two innings. And it's so weird. But uh, I guess he's still just learning the pitch. But yeah, I think he'll start July 4th for Lakeland and possibly one more start in Lakeland. Although I think there's a gap. I think the all star break. There's a gap there, so he may make one more start in Lakeland than up in West Michigan, which will certainly make the team a little bit more exciting. But again, pure speculation here. I, I don't know for sure. Yeah, you're you're hoping that at some point we get. Well, I mean, we get to see what what we started to see last year. Another, uh, I don't get too sidetracked because I wanted to give props to Pontiac's own Cam Brown, who had a pretty good week: three innings, eight strikeouts, yet another scoreless appearance today. Uh, yeah, I got the save. Yeah, and another guy who quietly came up through Lakeland. After I mean, he had a really rough start 
year in Lakeland before he started figuring things out. And after a couple outings, I mean, since, since June 23rd, he's not a lot of, he's not a lot of run and over, let me see if I get this right. Three, I can't do math. Hmm. Uh, five, six innings of work. Yeah, he's uh, he's been a, a nice addition to the bullpen down there, and I think they would is Connor Holden there now too. I think. Yeah. Um, and we mentioned Alvarado early in the show. Like they're getting some bullpen arms. Uh, Carlos Pena is still pitching in the rotation. I think Willie Ander Moreno is still pitching in the rotation. Burhan, it got roughed up a little bit, but uh, Trevor Michael, by the way, hit the Trevor Michael hit the seven day IL. He's been a bit up and down this year. He's he's looked dominant at times, and other times he's given up a lot of hard contact. So that doesn't necessarily shock me that the dial. Yeah, and again, in terms of in terms of this is where I'm kind of wondering if Lakeland will have another couple arms that will come up after the All Star break too, because at some point you have to kind of wonder. I mean, Jack Anderson actually pitched well this week too, but. Uh, Gardea has been nicked up a little bit. Uh, I'm trying to think of another. Uh, Torso's back this week. Yeah, he, he just came back, I think. Yeah. But I think he was on the mound last night when they lost. They, they had a nice Jace Young. We didn't mention Jace Young had a pretty solid week. It was kind of a classic Jace Young week. I think he like you know hit 211, but walked seven times and had a home run or two. But uh, yeah, so they got back into it, and then Tortosa gave up some. Although it wasn't necessarily his fault, I believe that, that Brady Allen made a, a pretty critical error, which is, is kind of unlike Brady Allen. It you know it happens to players sometimes. I, I I should mention, I know we were talking about pitching, but but Roberto Campos. The more that I watch him play, the more I get worried about his instincts uh, for baseball, um, and it's not just on defense. We've, we've kind of touched on that. At the very beginning of the year, I thought he looked great on defense, and then since then there's been a lot of mistakes. But it just seems like every every kind of mistake you can make, he does. He got picked off today at first base. The other day, he got called out advancing from second to third on a sacrifice fly, which you never, ever see, right? And I don't know. I didn't see a replay of it to see if it was a good call or not, but it wouldn't shock me if it was. Just Just a lot of, like, you know, Strange throws from the outfield, just super raw. Or even like uh, when he like he like almost he does like the thing where he jumps up. He's like, I'm gonna get the well, oh well that one where yeah, there, there was a line drive right at him and he came charging in and then tried to jump up and catch it and ended up tossing him the game, I think, when it ended up over his head. Yeah. There's there's still a lot to like there with the bat. The power has kind of calmed down. I think he's got a home run in like six weeks. But uh yeah. He, he's a guy. That's one where we're, it wouldn't shock me. People are like, how, how come this dude is still in in West Michigan? It's because there's a lot that he still needs to get better at in all facets of the game. Kind of reminds me of Jose Azucar a little bit, actually. <laughs> you know, who's now in the big leagues, but back in the day, we used to joke about him being a, a four-tool player. Uh, he he was hit the ball constantly, super fast, strong arm, great defender, but uh, didn't have much power, and and he would make boneheaded plays constantly. I saw him airmail the cutoff man two plays in a row that led to two extra runs. And it's just like, you know, these guys have to learn this stuff at some point. Apparently he did eventually, but well, well, not with the Tigers. You know what the thing though is before, Altacar's last year in Erie was really good. And then the Tigers didn't bring him back. I didn't, 
I didn't understand that because the Tigers outfield at that time, too, even in the minor leagues, is still like now barren. And you didn't bring him back. I, I didn't understand that. I that one I that one was just kind of mystifying to me because that was the first year he started putting up some power numbers as well. And he was putting up some consistent at bats. They look foolish out there that much. And I don't know. That was I don't know. But uh, I think Campos didn't have didn't he have like a seven game hitting streak too or something along those. He had a fifteen game hitting streak. Yeah, fifteen streak. Yeah, but um, yeah. I mean, he, he was he can put the ball in play. He, I said a lot. You know, he hits the ball hard. He doesn't chase a ton. There's there's a lot to like there with the bat. He just needs to get a little more consistent hits for power. Um, see, Sean O'Toole said the uh, he said the problem with Jace Young is just going to be that he's not Josh, right? Just a middling infield prospect. Yeah. Give me a comp, please, without saying Dabo Lugil. I do uh, dare you. Um, yeah, I mean, I, Josh, Josh Young got better as he got through the minors. He continued to get better. You could hope for that from, from Jace. Right now, it's a profile that kind of reminds me of, of Cody Clemens and Kristen Stewart. It's going to be a, a walks, some power, a low average. I do think Jace is a better defender than Kristen Stewart, probably on par with Cody Clemens, maybe not as versatile as Cody Clemens. So, but I think, um, I mean, the power has turned out to be real. I've seen it. I think he's the guy who might, if and when he goes to Erie, might kind of have a power explosion because he hits a lot of balls to the warning track in West Michigan. And West Michigan is a, is, is one of the most spacious parks in the minor leagues. A lot of those are going to turn into doubles and home runs at Erie. It's just a matter if uh, if he hits enough, puts the ball and plays enough. He's been struggling against puppies. And uh, I don't know. I, I, it's It's not crazy disappointing year that I, w- I would describe because I kind of had lower expectations for him heading into the year. But uh, yeah, I think he's, I think he's basically held his own. He does lead the Midwest league in home runs. There's that, right? Oh yeah. I'll take that. I'll take that day, any day of the week. Mm-hmm. It's just uh, one of those things where, ah, oh, man, <laughs> I just, for once, I would like it to be a complete package. You know what I mean? Like there's, no question of everything, but it just the Tigers can never seem to have that right now. Or yeah, ever. I mean, even among their top prospects, and that's something that maybe I can, if we could take a quick aside, we did get a question before the show or a question on Twitter from Deadly Ninja Bees. He asked about defense. He said, "Is Colt Keith a better fielder than Tyler Nevin?" Uh, and he said, "Other than dominate the strike zone, what player traits are we expecting this?" Tigers to target in the draft, college bats, high schoolers, et cetera. Um, Colt Keith is slightly better on defense at third base than Tyler Nevin. He is. They're roughly the same in terms of mobility. I think Keith's hands are slightly better. Um, but this is something I, I've been trying to. I mentioned it on Twitter the other day. And generally speaking, we, we kind of avoid fielding percentage as a, a, a way to judge defense. Because you know, players who get to more balls are going to make more errors just by the numbers. And, and so a guy might have a lower fielding percentage, but still be a spectacular defender. But it does kind of tell you something. It, it helps a little bit. So so in, in, in the minor leagues, uh, Colt Keith's fielding percentage at third base is 922. Uh, and, and Nevin's a career 914 fielder third base. So Keith, like I said, slightly better. But for comparisons sake i would like you to know that nick castellanos is a career 955 fielding percentage at third base in the big leagues 
So 30 points better than Cole Keith. Um, and uh, Justin Henry Malloy, 876 at third base in the minors. So I think you, you got to give up on your dreams on Malloy playing third base. Still hold on to hope for Colt Keith playing third base, but it's going to be a struggle for him if he doesn't improve. Uh, so just letting you know, yeah, that the, the defense is going to be an issue for all these guys. And so, by the way, so is his arm. Uh, Henry Malloy's arm. There was that throw from left field that I was watching the game, and Chris, no, this is when Chris, you were, you were out and about on Friday. And I'm watching the game, and they're like, they're gonna, they're gonna test Malloy's arm, and the throw screamed at Christian Stewart. I'm sorry, it did. It was bad. It was yeah. horrible. I mean, not sound, sound like a dick, but it was, it was a bad throw. And it's just something like barely made it in the infield. It was, it was bad. And um, and I will, I will say this: like, arm strength is something that, that we see guys sometimes can prove and improve a little bit. I think by the end, Christian Stewart was actually had a decent arm. It wasn't above average or anything like that, but he was, they were able to play him in right field and not feel terrible about it. And we've seen Akil Badu increase his arm strength a little bit too. It can be done, but yeah, the, the overall arm doesn't seem to be too great from Malloy. That was the, his main issue at third base. He, he would make a lot of throwing errors. And uh, so you hope that that gets figured out, but then like, you'll see someone like Winslow Perez who basically had the yips. He couldn't play the left side of the infield because of his throwing accuracy issues. And it got to the point he's playing second base more now, but they had to move him to the outfield because he was making so many throwing errors on really routine plays at second base. But you see him in the outfield, and it's like really Castro. He's like firing bullets to third base from right field. And you're like, oh my god, this guy's got a super strong arm. He just for whatever reason the infield it doesn't work. So now defense yeah. is funny like that. You've got to find a guy, a place for the guys to play because the bats uh, should be okay. Yeah, Perez had an assist last week. I think it was in yeah, it was I think it. Yeah, it was last week where he it was a beautiful throw the second, just right on the line. Just yeah. Yeah, I think you caught that. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that, you, that was that was probably during uh when we were doing the live stream, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was yeah, it was one of those things because I remember it was he he got in front of the center fielder and made the you know and just went just launched it out there. So by the way, Saturday we might be doing a live stream during the futures game. It's uh we'll have to see how the schedule works because uh, Saturday is the Futures game. I think it's in the middle of the day, I think. I can't remember. Cole Keefe and Justin Henry Malloy will be you guys there. Had great weeks. Yeah. So, yeah, we might be doing a live stream. We'll have to figure the logistic part of it out yet. Also, because I was trying to see if I can go down to the Tigers are ending the series against the Jays this weekend. And so we have somebody. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I put in credentials for Friday and Saturday. Yeah. And uh, we'll, so I haven't heard back yet, but we'll see. They're, the Tigers tend to wait the last possible second on that. So let's go down to Lakeland. And the reason in, we're going to quickly go through Lakeland because it's getting a little uh, late here. And not to mention, the reason why I was mentioning a possible another pitcher to come up from Lakeland is Carlos Roncaro had another good week. And I was looking at some of his advanced numbers. Six inning in his only start of the week, six innings, one hit, one walk, nine strikeouts. Probably the best start we've seen for the Flying Tigers this season. And the reason why it's kind of eye popping Chris is the fact that he's 19 years old. He's 19 years old. And I can't, and I'm trying to think of it. I'm trying to rack my brain about this, Chris. When was the last time we've seen a guy, an international signing that we like this, just a matter of just coming in there and pitching and has made a name for himself. And he was, he was on the aisle to start the year. 
And I was looking at some of his advanced numbers too. They're pretty solid. I mean, he has a good sinker. The sinker is really mm-hmm. good. It plays up pretty well. But as far as like, I was trying to figure this out. I couldn't remember. Was he a guy who signed for a lot of money? Because I don't remember him signing for a lot of money. I don't believe so. I, I think that was one of the first things that stood out to us was, yeah, that they had sent, assigned him right to low A Lakeland as an 18-year-old last year. I think he was the youngest pitcher in in the league, maybe one of the younger pitchers in the league. Also, you know, along with Kristen Santana and Roberto Campos, they were, and, and Isaac Pacheco was a really young team. But he was a guy that they mostly used kind of in long relief last year. But we got to see him a couple times, and it was interesting because he, he's an athletic mover. Like you said, he's got he's got a starter's arsenal. The velocity has ticked up a bit this year to where it's, it's like he'll touch 95, 96 now, I think. I was going to say 96. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. Mostly like 92 and 94, but he, he can ramp it up a little bit more than that. And I don't know if he's going to throw much harder than that because of his size. But then again, like, you know, Kyder Montero is not a particularly tall dude. He's just he's filled out. So we can see that with Marcano too. So, yeah, I mean, he's he's a game a name that that is really under the radar, but definitely an interesting guy, and, and that's a good call. It, it wouldn't shock me if he's been pitching pretty well the last two months. That uh, wouldn't shock me if he gets a call up to West Michigan. That'd be fun to go see him. Yeah, I'm I'm really hoping he does get called up before the end of the year because I do want to see him pitch, and especially when after the especially after the draft where you're going to see a good influx of talent in high A again. And that'll be a good test for him too. But yeah, I'm more excited because of the fact that he's only 19 years old and yeah. it's just one of those things where he and also, here's the thing. He will, he just, he'll turn 20 next week. So he'll be yeah, on July 8th. He'll turn 20. So nevertheless, still that's the it's Tigers. Still considered, need, it's considered his age 19 season. Yeah. The Tigers need a victory here as far as, non-relievers for international. I, I'm trying to blank, Chris. I'm trying to think of the last Tiger starter that was an international signing that started for the Tigers. I was trying to think. I've, like, I've been racking my brain about it. and I. It, well, I mean, you know, they did, didn't did Gregory Soto start a couple times before they moved him to a relief eventually and, and maybe like yeah, Sandy Baez? Sandy Baez, thank you. That's what I was trying to think of. Sandy Baez. Um, and, and before that would have been Jair Jurgens or or there was Freddie Dol Freddie Dolce, uh Alfredo Figaro. <laughs> oh yeah. They, like, but like, those guys were but, yeah, Freddie nobody Dulce last started. I thought he was a reliever, wasn't he? He, he probably he probably didn't start. And yeah. you know what? I think Freddie Dolce actually wasn't even signed by the Tigers. I want to say he was from the Dodgers. Maybe Figaro's from the Dodgers too. I don't know. So yeah, but your point is well taken. Like they have not produced international starters. We're hoping that Montero breaks that mold. Yeah, and Marcano's another guy. Uh, you can see Marcano throw a few more strikes overall. But, uh, again, you're talking about a 19-year-old holding his own pro ball. So definitely a, a name to just kind of keep in your back pocket if that's where you keep names. <laughs> as far as the back goes, uh, Mike Rothenberg is back in Lakeland. And so – but he's still raking. He's still raking pretty well. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I mean, he, he went he went absolutely bonkers in the complex league. It was silly, uh, like seven home runs in eight games or something like that. So he's back to you know roughly where he belongs. Maybe he'll move up to West Michigan again. He started there last year. Uh, Luke Gold has really picked things up. I mean, he was he was off to a terrible start in pro ball last year and this year, but he really seemed to figure out high A or low A pitching. So he's another interesting guy who may. 
that that's one that if, if Young gets boosted up to Erie, I would expect Luke Gold to take his place at second base in West Michigan. He had to, let's see, seven for 16 last week with two doubles, a triple, a home run, six RBIs. Not bad. Not bad whatsoever. And as far as the only other name to talk about pitching-wise, I mean, Max Alba had a solid week. Same with Colin Fields. But beyond that, um, without any television, it sucks. I'm not going to lie. It, I, I don't like doing just box score. I, I want to see these players play, and that's what sucks about Lakeland. Uh, Sequeira's doing okay. Jeremy asked in the chat, Sequeira's getting a little better. Yeah, he's he's uh, he's hitting pretty well in rehab for the, the complex league. I, I would expect him to be back. One thing I didn't realize till just now is that Daniel Cabrera played two games down in Lakeland this week. Really? So, yeah, Daniel Cabrera, I don't know if, if they just needed an outfielder and they're, he went, uh, let's see, one for three with a double in his first game and then 0 for three with two walks in the second game. Um, maybe. You know, they, they sent him to the development list, right? Maybe they really did do some hardcore developing and, like, you know, completely altered his swing or something, and they're bringing him back up slowly. Or maybe they just needed a body, but uh, something I just noticed. Yeah, I wonder. And in terms of uh, the Christian Santana update that we usually provide, this week he went 3-4-14, which is actually – I'm not trying to sound malicious when I say this, but it's actually better than what he has been doing. So, Yeah. Two walks, seven strikeouts. Yeah. That's what is his numbers on the season now are. He is now hitting 112 on the season with uh, three home runs. So, Rush letting. Yeah, Russ it's 100, 152 at bats. He's hitting one. He's got 17 hits and 152 at bats. Not, All right, not ideal. So let's go through the complex league. Are there any standouts in the complex league? You know what? I didn't even uh, let me let me pull those up. I did not even check that. I, I did tweet out earlier this week, and I've mentioned them the last couple times. Josue uh, Buseno continues to hit well down there in in the Florida Complex League. It's uh, it's nice to see. Uh, Terry gave us a picture that shows he's playing a lot of first base. He does look like he's an enormous kid who's going to have to not play catcher, basically. But his number, last I checked, he he had an OPS of almost 1100, I want to say, which is, it's good to see for, again, we're talking about an 18 year old. It's not an 18 year old and low A, but you like to see when guys perform in their first taste of baseball in the United States, right? The guys who come from the Dominican summer league. Uh, Cause we were all excited about Raylan Perez last year because he put up monster numbers in the DSL. And he actually came back this week from, I think he was, I don't know if he was injured or if they were just working with him on something, but, he came back this week and it's it's been okay. So I still continue to try to pull up these stats. By the way, fun okay. fun fact about the Florida State uh, Complex Tigers: they lead the league in hits with 197. Nice. So they're all oh, that Rothenberg. <laughs> I was trying to figure out how much of that was was him, but um, no. And you talk about uh, you're talking about the uh, Rosano or Rosano. That's why Rosano. Rosano, yeah. I was going to ask you, there was one other, actually another name that I was trying to figure out on that roster. Yimmy Diaz? That's what, well, him and uh, Dietrich de la Cruz, who's just kind of, oh. I know he's been up at one point with West Michigan, right? Is he at West Michigan yeah. at one point? Well, no, I, 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 he made it to Lakeland last year. So this is another one that maybe gives me a little bit of pause about Brisbane, because Don de la Cruz won the OPS title in the Complex League two years ago as a catcher. 
really produced a ton. Went to the uh, Lakeland last year, and, and his OPS was like 500. He just couldn't do it at the next level. Uh, but, yeah, he's down there. Let's see. He went two for seven this week with a double and a triple. Another guy who um, had a good week was uh, Ricardo uh, Hurtado. Ricardo Hurtado. Hurtado, uh, yeah, Hurtado. Yeah, it was just, so he went one for four with a home run and threw every eyes. That was a big home run, though. I think I think he put them up. Um, and the year, so he's batting 350. Yeah, no, he's had a good year. That uh, was going to make Sakara. Sakara went nine for 18 this week with a double and a home run. Three walks and four strikeouts. I think he's probably ready for Lakeland again. Um, but yeah, Bersenio went seven for 15, eight runs scored, two doubles, a triple, five walks to two strikeouts, 1352 OPS. Clayton Campbell, the uh, I'm trying to remember, I forget if he's Australian or Australian, yeah, it was like, yeah, or, or I thought maybe he, he was, was uh, New Zealand, but he played in the Australian yeah, league, yeah. I think he's a Kiwi. He had a bunch of hits this week, he went five for 13 with four doubles, six RBIs. So, you know, again, this is another one where like with no video. It's tough for yeah. us to know anything. We, we we probably should get down there at some point and, I'm and actually, get a video I'm, of all these guys. I was going to say, I, I'm trying to aim down there for the end of July, beginning of August, after the draft. So hopefully that will yeah. yeah, hopefully be the case. But uh, Yeah, you know what? That's not a bad idea, especially if, if they end up taking some high school players in the draft. They'll probably begin in the Florida Complex League slash, uh, you know, Lakeland, and we might get some – James Chipman level, Riley Green first game footage with multiple home runs. I go, okay, this guy can play. Yeah, no, that that's that would be. I, I, like I said, I have to reach out, make sure that it could possibly. It's there's a work thing where either I have to go to Denver in August or September, and that's what I'm trying to figure out. Once I figured that part out, I do want to go down for a week. We have a place to stay. Thank you to Sherry. So nice. to keep that in mind. And by the way, another it sounds like a team thing, and it is a total team thing, but the. Complex League Tigers are twelve and eight. They're they're they, the the red hot. They're one of the hottest teams they've the last ten games. They're nine one, and it's again. I know it's a morale building thing, but it is good to see, especially because take out the the Mike Rothenberg stuff for a second. They're getting a lot of contributions from a lot of different players that came out from the Dominican Summer League. So that that to me is a step forward. Yeah, for sure. And, and and if you look at the Dominican stats, that this this signing class this year, a lot of those guys are performing. You know, we you don't know if the tools are getting better, if they're legit prospects, but at least they're performing. Like Enrique Jimenez was their main, like their big signing. He had a good week. Michael Orozco had a, a good week. Um, Anabel Salas continues to play well. So yeah, a lot of these guys that they sign are performing, and, and so we hope to see them in the Florida Complex League next year. But it's better than and even I, I want to say, you know, the guy we've talked about, their big signing last year, Javier Osorio, had a brutal introduction to pro ball. But I want to say he had a pretty good week. I'm checking four for 13, a double, a home run, two walks, two strikeouts, hit 308. I think he's playing pretty well this year. And he is young, like very young, probably younger than some of the the, the guys. So he's 18 now. But, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I was kind of worried about him, but. He's not nearly as rough this year. Last, yeah. He's so, I mean, better, so. and uh, Angel Cruz, who I think has been there for a long time, actually. I mean, it's just yeah, he's a veteran. He's a veteran. He's lead, as, and rightfully so. He's doing what he's supposed to do. I would think that comes state size soon. So, I mean, he leads the team. He's got four home runs to, to batting 321. So, at some point, you're going to go, okay. Um, 
But there, yeah, I mean, the, the guy that I I know you're a fan of is uh, Fran Fran Yerber Fran Montilla. Montilla, yeah. Yeah, I mean, he was he was one of the signees from last year. So the same class as Osorio and, and Samuel Gill and 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 Bersenio. and he is he was okay last year, but he's really taken a step up this year, which is nice to see. That's you like to see guys improve their second year. So, and he's a, supposedly a pretty tooled up guy. So, again, if we were we're like three levels below where we can actually even start seeing these guys play. So it's tough to, to know much of anything, but we don't want to forget about them. And we feel like it's worth mentioning them if they're putting up stats. Yeah. Uh, guy, another guy that's putting up some good stats that wish we had some more, or we have video period is Ronnie Chalice at uh, 10 the innings, pitcher? 21 strikeouts. Yeah. Pitcher pitching wise. That was, uh, was like so, yeah, that's, they have a lot of older pitching. Um, like, you know, you'll see these 17, 18 year old hitters. And then these pitchers who are 20, 21, 22, and I don't know if that disqualifies them from being prospects or if they're trying to find the next, you know, like the, the like the Astros did with Christian Javier and uh, Jose Arquiti and all those guys. But again, it's with we don't have somebody could probably get us the the data for these complex leagues, but we don't have it right now. So we can't even look at the data and see like, oh wow, this is an interesting guy. We just have to kind of speculate based on the the original old school stats and size. I used to always just look at size. I remember way back in the day, looking at uh, Abdel Garcia when he was 16 in the Venezuelan summer league and going, huh, he's 16, looks pretty big, putting up stats, maybe he's a prospect. And uh, sometimes that works, sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes it's Steven Moya. Although I guess he was technically a prospect, he made it to the big league, so so there you go. Yeah, that's a, I was gonna say another name that had a lot of stats to him. Yeah. Yeah, I can't. I was thinking of another international guy outside of Stephen Moya that really had some hype to him. And I'm drawing a blank well, right let's now. Let's see. Um, yeah, let's see. Back in the day, well, there was, there was, you had uh, Gorky's Hernandez way back yes. in the day. You had um, uh, Will Kel- Wilkin Ramirez. Wilkin Ramirez. That's who I was thinking of. The big, another big guy. Yeah. There was also, there was Audi Siriaco, was kind of like the, the Latin counterpart to Kale Org, I think. Oh yeah, Lynn Henning talked about him all the time, like he was going to be a big deal. Yeah, there were there have been a lot of guys who were like, oh, I thought it was going to be, I thought Anthony Pereira was going to be a thing. I thought that you know, just Anthony Pereira—that's the name I haven't heard in a long time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So on that note, but, was there anything else, Chris? Any other questions? Or we only other we I didn't get a, there was one other question from Dustin F. Um, and this is probably should have brought this up in. Double A. He said Justice Bigby is fairly old for Double A, but he's having a fine season. Could you see him contributing for Detroit next season? I mean, stranger things have happened. Again, I, as I mentioned before, he, he's got he's got to keep producing. He's done nothing wrong so far. He's got yeah. eight doubles in like 16, 17 Double A games. He's really hitting well. He's, he's consistently hitting for power to the opposite field, which is a nice ability. If he could turn on a few more balls and take them over the fence, I think that would make people take notice more like Kerry Carpenter basically forced the Tigers hand because he kept hitting the ball over the fence. Like if he was just hitting like Big B is, they might've been able to like, ah, you know, all right. He's, he's just facing double A hitting double A pitching. So I'd like to see Big B hit a few more home runs, but other than that, like you know, he made a nice running catch against the wall the other day. I, I won't say never there. I just, it's, it's a tough profile because he's going to be a corner only bat. So he's got to hit for a lot of over the fence power. Sounds like a St. Louis Cardinal. I just like that. Yeah. yeah, like just 
to a certain extent there. But uh, on that note, I th- thank you for listening to the Tigers minor league report podcast week 13 recap. So next week there is going to be no recap. Well, no, there's not gonna be a regular show next week. It's the draft show. So we might even do the show on Monday and we'll recap everything. We actually, you know what we could do now. Yeah, screw it. Let's just do this draft show next Sunday, seven o'clock here on the Tiger minor league report channel Monday, some point Monday afternoon, Monday after or Monday evening, we'll do our week 14 recap. Recapping all the stuff that happened between tomorrow or between Monday rather and Saturday. And we'll actually do like a first half review. Yeah. And we'll also be able to to talk about the second day of the draft, which is yes. six, it would be rounds, what, two through 10 or three through 10. I don't remember other teams, but uh, yeah, that works because there shouldn't be any minor league games that Monday. Right? Yeah. There's not, there's, they're off till I think Thursday, I believe, or Friday. Maybe I think even until Friday, I think. It's, it's check. possible. Yeah. So, so yeah, thank you. That sounds good. Yeah, so yeah, there'll be two. So there'll be a show Monday. So there's gonna be literally four hours of content. Four hours of content. So Sunday, please, yeah. So starting at six thirty, Motor City Metrics join John and Uper to talk about the Tigers' first half of the season, and I'm gonna be doing some behind the scenes stuff. We're also there's a new streaming service thing that we're gonna actually go away from Streamyard. Is this going to be you and I are going to have to have a discussion? Raj does all the behind the. If you guys didn't know this, Raj does all the actual work. I just do the like watch the baseball. (laughs) Oh, baseball baseball too. I know. I I don't mean to say that that's like a a division of labor, but you're the one who was always like looking for upgrades and looking for new things, and I just uh, watch and write when I can. No, it's it's it's, you got to stay ahead of the curve, and and there's there's a thing called Streamlabs, and I found out that if you so everybody who donates the super chats, Google takes a cut of it. So um, I found a service that was 100% towards us. So I'm looking hey, into that, and they sure. use the streaming. And also, it's nice is it makes the chat more interactive, so people actually can customize their icons and all this stuff. So, but I haven't. For me, I'm one of those people that I have to test it first, and um, yeah, you know, Maybe so not for the draft show, but yeah. yeah, obviously I'm for the draft show. There, the draft show is going to be on Streamyard, but um, you might see some new look and feel to it. But anyway. Thanks so much for listening. We appreciate everybody. Sure. Shout out to Alex Mitchell. Thank you for the kind words. We appreciate it. Jeremy Anderson. You're, yeah, I'll... you're a G. You're a legend. We, we, you know, we love you. I know you're suffering for you being out in Oakland. But, uh... I'm, I'm here to pronounce names. That's what. Uh, that's my job. Um, and yeah, thanks to everybody who, who who joined us for the in the Discord little mock drafts we did. We we <laughs> burned through three mock drafts in like uh, four days. So that was a lot of fun. And yes, and Brown is here to pronounce names because. I have mush mouth, and again, this is why I'm talking my hands, so I can slow myself down. We'll talk to you next week. Big draft show. I'll be. I'll be we're going to keep plugging it, plugging it, plugging it. And again, at some point, we're going to get on Blue Sky because Twitter sucks. So have a good night, everybody. Elon Musk, get your shit together. We, we appreciate it. See ya. Thanks, everyone.